0: Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett, football journalist and United season ticket holder. You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, the likes. And you can watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube as well. Uh, so head over to our channel, hit the like button, subscribe and join the community in the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. Rob, it's one game a week for United now, and since Saturday at about 7 o'clock, I've just wanted to switch off from football because this United team, oh, honest to God, like, how how was the game on Saturday? United drew 1-1 with Leicester, and they should have lost. Ugh. Yeah, they should have. We're going to keep this energy for eight weeks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is the problem, isn't it? That reality sometimes bites. So it's good to do some blue sky thinking in football and it's good to be progressive and think ahead. But when you're actually there in your seat watching it every week and you just, your brain just kind of unfurls as you watch this team and you think, why are you not doing that? And why are you doing this? Why, why Why stop? And it feels like that. I, I kind of, I sympathise with the manager so much because so many things that are wrong at Manchester United are just massively dysfunctional and comes from the players. But like you say, Scott. I think, I think the temptation for football fans, for United fans is to dial out because you look at it and you think, well, they, they seem to be on holiday, these players in their mm-hmm. brains. Why don't we go on holiday? Well, in our industry and in our work, we don't get that choice. We have to still be dulled in to a certain extent. But when you're actually sat there watching the football team that you love and you see what they're doing, it really, really is unpalatable, you know, and it's it feels like United you know, need to get radical in their in, in terms of go when they go forward now in, in the future, about how do you fix this. But I also think there needs to be a big deconstruction. You can't fix this, you need to break it apart and find a brand new
0: way. Yes. Wayne Rooney said uh, on Monday Night Football uh, last night that he thinks United just want the season to end. And I'm not going to lie, I've wanted the season to end since probably about that 5-0 defeat to Liverpool in October. Was it October or something like that? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just it's so hard to invest in a team as a fan. And obviously, we both work in football, so it's, it's impossible to get away from in a sense. Yeah. But as a fan why should you put your energy and your love and your support and all this kind of stuff into a team that are just not working for you? You know, it, totally, it just, that's how it comes across.
1: It feels like we wanted the season to end since about 2005. So, you know, <laughs> this, is this is the problem I think with Man United and have been for such a long period of time is that all of these things and all of these problems have been like illuminated and have been crystal clear at the football club for such a long period of time. Man United have chucked a, a ton of money at the problems, but have come up with no solutions. And I think that's the bit that kind of continually worries me. And when you're at Old Trafford and watching the team and you feel the vibe around you, you know, while I'm there, I'm not a football journalist, I'm a football fan. You know, I'm there for my football club, even in the context of working at United. And I feel it just like every other fan. But then you look at it and you think about the solution, you think, well, what do you do next? You know, there is no perfect solution for the mess that is Manchester United because it runs so deep. So it's not as much as a bad pass from Fred or McTominay. You so know, many of those. It, the other it, day. The well, way. wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, everyone's like, Oh, Fred had a fantastic game. Cause obviously he scored the goal and he ran around a lot. He ran. But literally <laughs> for the first 10 minutes of the game, he could not trap a bag of cement, as I say. So he just couldn't. And it was just like, Oh my God, it's the same issues over and over again, but they're like, they're like the basics, you know, they're a problem, but, all the issues at United are much more expansive. And I think it does maybe need a radical approach at the moment. We're going to talk about, obviously, Pochettino and Ten Hag again, like we always do. But maybe it's time that Man United looked outside the box and found a solution that isn't very Manchester United.
0: Yes, Rob, I thought you were going to give it away, but you'd have to wait a little bit because we're going to get into something radical. Uh, it's in my notes as Rob's unpopular opinion because i'm guessing it will be but we'll see uh, on today's show we'll look at the top four race and arsenal's result last night uh we're recording this on tuesday monday night at palace they lost 3-0 are united capable of taking advantage we will discuss that um reflecting on what we just talked about a little bit we'll get into rob's opinion on looking outside the box of managers we'll do some ten Hag versus pochettino narrative because obviously we have to Uh, that's no real change in that situation, despite reports to the contrary over the last few days saying 10 Hag was basically done. That's not the case. Uh, Wayne Rooney was on Monday night football, as I mentioned earlier, backing Mauricio Pochettino and saying certain players should leave the club. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk a little bit about Marcus Rashford and also I'll ask Rob a question, which was put to Wayne Rooney uh, on Monday night football as well about which players United should build their team around moving forward. He uh, he answered some names which you'd expect and then others which you'd probably also expect but maybe weren't as popular a, a, a selection as uh, some fans would like it to be. And a reminder, before we get into it, you can follow us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders for me. Rob is at underscore Rob underscore B. And at Promised Land MU for the show. Uh, Rob, let's start with the top four because United are... Three points off the top four with eight games to go. I know Arsenal have a game in hand, but United got to go to Arsenal. Arsenal got to play Chelsea. Tottenham have got to play Arsenal. This is on. We can get top four.
1: (laughs) Would be something I would
0: say if I believed in the team. (laughs) The
1: season starts now. So, you know, it's a weird little mini league now, isn't it? For this race for top four. As I would say again, you don't get a trophy for coming fourth. This This is the Glazer... Um, reflective plan of how do we keep our finances in order, and we need Champions League football to do all of those things, and etc. 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 But I do think that, that that when you look at Arsenal, we've t- we've bigged Arsenal up a lot on this podcast, and for for good reason. And I think that they took their medicine. They took some of the pain. Losing at Crystal Palace is not the worst thing in the world. You don't need it. You don't want it. No fans want to ever lose. Arsenal still doing it the right way. Man United need to look at what Arsenal have done in the last twelve months and maybe apply some of that science.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, United play Palace away on the final final day of the season. I think you know, and that really... is not easy. I don't the... like. I don't like the look of that. See, years gone by, people have gone.
1: Sellers Park. You need some points. Yeah, you could go there. You could go and do something. I don't really look at it like that. I think you're going there. That's a really tough gig. If you need three points to to come forth. And looking at this Man United team, it's just the type of stadium where they'll go and crumble, yeah. go to somewhere like Sellers Park, which is a little South London cauldron. You know, I played football at Crystal Palace as a kid. And it is a, it's a tough place to go and, go and uh, play your football. And this Man United team, let's be honest, has not got, I would say, guts and adversity in their, in their blood. Do you know what
0: I mean? They don't actually go and do these jobs very well. Well, Bruno Fernandes actually said after the game on Saturday that United's players gave everything that they could. Um, So... Did he? Did did This is the difficult thing,
1: because I I honestly don't think they turn up at Old Trafford and go, I'm not going to play well today. I don't think they play. I don't think they do that. I don't think they turn up and they go, do you know what? I'm just going to... I just quite fancy disappointing 75,000 fans today and, and getting all of the horrible stick that you get for that. I don't believe that for one second. What I do believe is that you have to be 100% switched on up here to go and do that job. And if you're 99%, you can sometimes lose football matches. You could apply that to Arsenal yesterday. You know, we talk, we're we saying how well Arsenal have done over the season and how they've rebuilt. But just now and then, every you know, if you've got an injury here or something, you know, there's a problem in a certain position there, it can affect your overall confidence and also the way you apply yourself. So I think that's what we see at United all the time. And that's why I'm not here going, oh, it's Ralph Rangnick's fault. Oh, no, actually, it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's fault. Oh, no, it's Jose Mourinho's fault. It's no one's fault. These players need to come and actually be switched on 100% for these games. So I'm not surprised Bruno said that, because I thought he did do a lot of running around in that game. But, my God, there is just no collective chemistry with this lot. They, they, they don't play for each other. They don't look at each other and go, I'm going to run for you today, mate. They're a little bit like... Mm. How quickly can I go and go shopping? At the they didn't even play for themselves. Well, they? this is what I mean. There's, there's like Ralph said after the game, didn't he? We, we should maybe explore it a little bit more. But he talked a lot about physicality and what you need to be to be a Man United player. And what he really kind of tried to put across is that we don't have enough of them. That's what mm-hmm. he was kind of saying. He was going with the squad rebuild. He's trying to be polite because he is. But with the squad rebuild in the summer, Man United, and I've told the board this very kind of specific. I told the board board that you need players who can play at higher intensity and have better consistency. And you're kind of like, Yeah. Yeah. I think the board have been told that by a million people over 10 years. Like it's not, it's not a brand new thing. So this is the issue. Is that yeah, they've heard it from Ralph. Does this mean they they listen this time and go and find the correct footballers? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Bruno Fernandez signs a new contract. Was it the right time to give Bruno that contract? No, because you need a coach who comes in and helps mould your project. It's not that Bruno's not worth the contract. It's just about doing it in order of process and due diligence.
0: Yeah, I think the Glazers, the, the, the big uh, criticism that's been levelled at the Glazers <clears throat> over the past few years is that they're just aiming for top four and that, that'll do. But like, we're starting to see it now and we'll see in the next few years that if you're shooting for fourth and you fall short, you're coming seventh or eighth, which is probably what's going to happen this season if you don't miraculously turn a corner. And yeah, then that's going to hit yeah. them in the pocket. Yeah, I don't think
1: that they start seasons going, let's come fourth this year. I really don't. Again, I think they truly believe that their decisions are worth a championship. I think they go, but we've spent £1.2 billion on footballers on 10 years. Well, you know, We are committed to this. The problem is, is that the reason why your project is bad is because it's not invented by football people. You're doing it with accountants. So accountants can go, this is to win a title. Accountants don't know how to win a title. So, I think this is the problem: is that Man United don't think go every season. Oh, you we just got to get top four, and that's it, and that's all we're going to do. And I think they want to win the championship. It's just that they have not got the acumen to go and do that job.
0: Uh, Rob, you mentioned a little bit earlier that Ranick wants to see you know commitment and running and physicality and all this kind of stuff, and you have been off air. Very pro Crystal Palace, and you said you've liked to to mm. watch Crystal Palace uh, for the duration of the season under under Patrick Vieira. Uh, and let, I'll just I'll leave the floor to you, Rob, because this is uh this is something that we discussed off air. I'm not sure I was going to go down. We'll probably cut it as a social clip and then put it out and see what you think. But um, go for it, Rob. Well,
1: first and foremost, this is not to be controversial for the controversial sake. This is not a journalist putting something out there. To, to get heat and get clicks and hits. But, of course, please do share share and subscribe. But as it stands with Patrick Vieira, I, I talked about him at the start of the season at Palace, and I said it was a risky appointment by Crystal Palace. Why did I say that? It was because Crystal Palace have had a style of play over many, many years that is about maintaining their position in the Premier League. And Roy Hodgson was the epitome of that. You know, functional kind of 4 2 very drab, very boring, win 1-0, very rarely score more than two goals in a match. And Palace rolled the dice for someone like Patrick Vieira. And I said at the start of the season, it's a risk because he's a progressive. He's going to want to play football the right way. And how quickly can he implement his style? Now, we talk about style all the time, don't we, Scott? We have Ten Hag, Pochettino. What's their style? Does it fit Man United style? What style of football wins titles? I think when you look at Patrick Vieira and what he's done at Palace, he's showing in this kind of small window of this season that he's 100% going to push on and could become a truly top coach. So should Man United be looking at young managers who could be in that bracket of becoming a top coach? Well, my my advice would be, yes, that's how you do a football project. So would I have Patrick Vieira at Manchester United. Now, of course, as I say that and comes out of my mouth, a load of United fans will go, ah, and a load of Arsenal fans will go, ah. And do you know what? I Harry's don't current,
0: care. Uh, Harry's uh, in, in the background <laughs> currently
1: punching. Harry, is who, producing our podcast here behind the scenes as an Arsenal fan, he's already gone, ah, today We're at the thought of, of Vieira at United. But I think United need to do this and look at a young coach. This is the thing. So, okay, Ten Hag's on the table. What if Ten Hag says, no, I don't want to come? you got Pochettino. Pochettino says, no, 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 I don't want to come. Where do you go and look for your next manager? What are you looking for? Do you just automatically go for a Zidane-like character because he's got cups in his in his pocket? Do you know what I mean? He's got you Champions Leagues, and is he the right guy for you? Well, no, not, not in my opinion. I think you need a coach that can coach, that can actually take a team, make a team that's not very good better. And I think Vieira has done that in spades this year at at Palace, taking average players and made them look worldies at times. And and it's all through tactics and application. So would I want Patrick Vieira at Manchester United? I would like to chat about it. I would look at this and say there are managers out there that I don't care about what their past is. I don't care that Vieira was an ex-Arsenal player. United didn't care that Samat Busby was an ex-Liverpool player when he came to the club, you know, and he took United onto one of their great eras. You know, we don't talk about that anymore, do we? We don't talk about he was a Liverpool man to start off with. We don't do that because he's proved himself at the football club. I think Patrick Vieira will be at a bigger club in the near future than Crystal Palace. I think he's shown in a small window of time that he's better. Frank Lampard... He's better than all of those generation players around him, and that he could do something at a truly big football club. And oh, there's a truly big football club around the corner that needs a young, progressive coach.
0: Do you think it's too early to th- like? My, my reaction to it is I think it's too early. And when when you think of like all the the candidates that United have spread th- spread their their net quite wide. There's someone like I know Brendan Rodgers isn't a young coach, but he's always wanted that like he's proven that he can play good football with and I know Harry doesn't like Brendan Rodgers either but um yeah he's proven that he can win the FA Cup with Leicester City he's he's proven that he can play good football at times and Leicester came and outplayed United at Old Trafford the other day as well Mm uh Graham Potter's been another one I think he's been linked with the United role as well but obviously Brighton have fallen short this season do you think it's not a little given the uncertainty around Vieira at the start of the season when he went to Palace and how his career panned out before moving there Is it a bit early for that? Or do you feel like now United should just be exploring it regardless? I think United need to look at all options.
1: Every human being that can take this football club forward, you need to look at them, dig into them, and look at the pros and cons. So like you're saying, is it too early? Well, if that was the case, then you would never give a young manager a job anywhere, any blah, 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 blah. You would always have to pick an experienced candidate. Are people saying, oh, Xavi's too young? At Barcelona, not really, because they're seeing a small little window, and they go, "No, oh, he's a Barcelona legend. We'll give him time." Oh, sorry, Arsenal legend, uh, a Barcelona legend. We'll give him a little bit of time. You know, there's some there's some kind of favour already there with the fans, and that's what we don't have here when we discuss someone like Patrick Vieira. He's from a football club that traditionally are a big rival to Manchester United, remain a big rival for the top four. But why do we think like that? He's not exactly Steven Gerrard, is he? You know what I mean? It would be more of a jump to say. Gerard to United—that would be proper clickbaity type uh, opinion. But I think Patrick Vieira, salient individual. I've spoken to people behind the scenes at Manchester City before about him and why they think he could become a really top coach. Uh, it's just kind of the same reasons about like Arteta and why Arsenal went and got Arteta—not just that he played at the club, but he's got this kind of favor that that he's got a big ceiling here and can he reach it if he's got funds and better players. I love what Palace have done this year and it's all been him. He's the architect. So do you know what? If I want to build a building, I go and get an architect. I get someone that can go and build it. And I look at him and I think that if you need a young progressive coach, he should at the very least be in the
0: conversation for that. Just before we move on to other manager topics, because obviously we have to do the the main candidates latest. Um, do you think United will or have any chance of getting top four? Or are you resigned to it not happening? Of course they've got a chance.
1: Statistically, like, again, football's a funny thing, isn't it? Like As fans, we can feel low. And we know this team better than anyone. We know that they are weird and that they could just suddenly turn up one day and start thrashing everyone. Like everyone said about the United-Liverpool game. People go, are oh, you going to get beaten by Liverpool? Are you? Man yes. United. Man, we, we're going to we, get hammered. By them. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? Man United are a dysfunctional team and they can beat anyone on their day. It's just that their day doesn't come around as often at the moment. And we feel low about it, so we immediately go, no, they can't win it. That's what we say. Exactly the same way that Arsenal fans were saying when they were 18th in the league at the start of the season that they could never get top four. It's impossible. So these things in football always come back to bite us because it is possible. United are only a few points away, but we do know that, that kind of the sun and the moon need to align, don't they, in the sky perfectly for you to get fourth. But you are still in the conversation, but you've got to make yourself relevant, Scott. You've got to go out there and actually put some performances together and prove, you're worth, prove that you're actually worth it. Even with the Leicester game, if you'd come out of that game with a victory and you could have done at some point of that, then three points is three points is in your pocket at this time of the season. You know, there's no quibbling. So, United are there or thereabouts. Will they get top four? That's a bigger question. Like, I'm talking about in terms of being definite. Uh, you look at the form, you think, no, there are teams who are better, are in better form at the moment than Manchester United.
0: Do you think United missed the? Uh, Conte's proving that United missed a trick now, given how Spurs are playing?
1: But look, I, I watched, I've watched every Spurs game under Conte. And I'm not universally impressed. Some games they are great and some games they're not. You know, that the system works sometimes and everyone goes, Conte, genius. And in other weeks, the system doesn't work. Everyone's like, Conte can't do this job at Tottenham. So it's so crazy and wild one way or the other. Do I think that Spurs are in a better place for Conte and him being at the football club long-term? Absolutely. But they've got to give him the money. They've got to give him the squad. They've got to have transfer windows. And Man United are in exactly the same spot. So whoever the coach is, Conte could have come to United. I think it would have been the same thing. I think we'd have been in the same position. I think it would have been a case of one week we're great. Look how tight they look defensively. They're playing free at the back. This is all brand new at Man United. They've got, you know, people playing high up as wing backs. Oh, this week they got hammered 4-0. You know, it happens, doesn't it? So Spurs are like that. They're as dysfunctional as anyone. I don't think there's any proof in the pudding that if you've gone and get coach A yesterday, that the day you would 100% be in the top four. I don't believe that for a
0: second. Well, as proven as Conte fell to defeat to the most dysfunctional dysfunctional Man United team of all time just a matter of weeks ago. This
1: is it. Ronaldo (laughs) gets the ball. I am there, right? Ronaldo gets the ball, turns round, one, two, bang, in the top corner from a million yards. Now, you can't predict stuff like that. This is why football is wholly unpredictable during the 90-minute spell, isn't it? You just don't know what you're going to see. But you hope that a coach can get the players to think in a certain way for those 90 minutes. So Conte, yes, great coach. I'd have liked to see him at Man United. There's no guarantee with this dysfunctional squad of players that they could have done what Conte wants to do. Conte's all about hard work, isn't he, Scott? This lot love to jog. You know, you're going to have to find a way of getting a coach that comes in. And this is why I'm open to a Vieira. I'm open to a younger coach, maybe a Graham Potter, someone who will sit down and go, you, 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 I can use you, but do you know what? People like you, but out the door because you can't do my system. Bye-bye. And that has to be more important, I think, going forward now. Uh, But there isn't someone who could have guaranteed top four for Man United
0: as things stand at Old Trafford. Yeah, we'll talk about the players that United should build their team around at the end of the show. Um, but for now, we'll talk about the latest on Eric Ten Hag versus Mauricio Pochettino, because they are the two main candidates, as has been outlined for a number of weeks now. Uh, and Eric Ten Hag actually spoke publicly and said United are a great club with great fans. Uh, the back end of last week, yes, his team, Ajax, have gone four points clear, I think, at the top of the Dutch league. They're in a cup final coming up against PSV. Uh, Ooh, Ruud van Nistelrooy will be over t- will be taken over yeah. um, which is an interesting one so he will not be Eric ten hag's assistant at man united so he, even though he fills the the dutch former man united player quota uh but yeah uh i don't think there's really any uh any movement down this path at the moment despite reports to the contrary saying that ten hag was essentially very very close to being confirmed uh united still need more time i think there are suggestions out there that more interviews will need to take place, but it is between those two. Uh, And Wayne Rooney's had his say. We'll talk about that in a second, but you know, it's, it's looking more like Eric Ten Hag at the moment, isn't it? Do you think? Of course, Uh, you know, Manchester United want Eric Ten
1: Hag. He, he is the number one candidate. You know, we will keep saying that until it finally happens. Um, But, you still need to look at everything because there's no there's no guarantee that Eric Ten Hag will definitely pick Man United. There isn't. There just isn't. He's got other projects out there that are burning and that could do with an Eric Ten Hag to head them. So, you know, at the moment, you, you, you take the Newcastle scenario, yeah, with Eddie Howe. Everything's calm at Newcastle at the moment with Eddie Howe. But say Newcastle survive, but but the last five, ten games of the season are a disaster. They lose them all, they maybe end up much lower down the table than you'd expect today. And they might go and look for a new manager and they might go and knock on Eric Ten Hag's door and say, whatever Man United offer you, we'll offer you double because we're the richest club in the world. That could happen. These things are still on the table. They really are. So United have got a list of two. We know who those two managers are, but they are looking across the board and they have to, that is the right way to do it. You're looking at everything on the market from the young managers to the experienced coaches and I do think that United still do want a young manager. And this is why, why they start with Ole, because Ole fitted the profile of age group of coach to take the club forward long term. And he had obviously the connections at United and all of that stuff, you know, again, the favour of being a legend. But now I think they're kind of looking at a wider net and the net being, can this coach actually coach in different situations? that's probably a good idea, isn't it? Find a coach that can do that, not someone that just wore the shirt once upon a time. You know, so I don't think club legends is always a good way to go when you're looking to hire a manager. You need to look what is the best on the market or at least who is potentially the next best going forward. So after Ten Hag and Pochettino, if you're going to go and get a young manager, there are tons of really good young managers in Europe that could be given a go. You know, if you're going to have a project from the ground up, Make it organic, make it a coach who's completely maybe a bit left field. Go for someone who's got this maybe shock
0: factor that could come in and do
1: something special at Manchester United.
0: Yeah, uh, saying left field there just actually kind of reminded me of uh Louis Van Gaal's reign at United a few years ago because that was the football wasn't entertaining, but he was he was a great character, and obviously, we. Uh, as every show should say, you know, we obviously wish him the best with his uh, with his issues with health at the moment because that's not a nice thing to hear. But fingers crossed, the uh, pulls through it okay in the next few months and weeks. Uh, absolutely great, great character says some and gets things absolutely spot on. He hmm. he was speaking the other week about United as well, uh, and we I think it was on the last week's show we actually we actually we spoke did. about something like that and uh, yeah. Yeah, uh best wishes to him but uh another player who used to play under Van Gaal Wayne Rooney uh was on Monday night football on Monday night we're recording on Tuesday as I say and he has spoken about the Ten Hag Pochettino debate and made his pick backing Mauricio Pochettino as the one that United should go for and I Rob we spoke about this and neither of us are really like no, get Pochettino away. I don't want him. He's damaged goods. And like, while I do feel like his stock's fallen a little bit, you always look at the job he did at Southampton and at Tottenham when they had, maybe not so much Southampton, but he brought brought through some young players there. And then he went into Tottenham when they were awful and started picking out the bad eggs and transforming the team around. And I feel like there's a number of similarities between that situation and maybe this one, but... Can he still do that job? I don't know. Wayne Rooney clearly thinks he's the right player, uh, right person to take over as manager, and he's also said that Paul Pogba and Cristiano Ronaldo should leave the club this summer as well. Uh, said that Ronaldo's getting on a bit, essentially, and that's football. So, what did you make of his appearance uh, on on television? Um, I like why you want him as manager. Is he one of those managers that United should go and target? I
1: think that when Everton get relegated this season, and I've said <laughs> that they will, I think he'll be the perfect choice for Everton in the mm-hmm. championship. Perfect choice. Uh, and that's where he should be at the moment. You know, Everton legend. Um, I, no, I, I wouldn't want Wayne Rooney at Man United as a, as a coach in that capacity. And the reason is, again, it's not about what you did in the past is what you can do now and in the future. And I think Wayne could become a very good coach, but I don't think he's anywhere near ready. So like we just talked about Patrick Vieira there a minute ago, Patrick Vieira has been on his coaching journey for a little while now. You know, he's been at different clubs. He's been in the States. he's, He's coached back in France, which wasn't a great spell. He's come to the Premier League. He's done well. So that's a young manager that I think you can put in the conversation. I don't care that he played for Arsenal. I just do not care about it. Wayne Rooney, on the other hand, does he deserve a chance to jump up, you know, to this job, which is highly political, highly emotional? So many things that go on at our football club. And would he be the right choice? The answer to that again is no. I think in terms of his comments, um, I think it does show quite often how the old boys club at Man United do, do look at the squad and and the setup. And they're very they're willing to rock the boat on certain things. They'll say, I don't like this, and this should be, you know get it away from the football club, then maybe the core problems at the football club, they won't address because they're part of the old boys club. And they know that they'll be connected to Man United for the rest of their lives. And Man United might help them in their pursuit for their own personal goals. So I didn't really like Wayne's comments. I thought they were a bit soft. Um, Last week he was being quite honest at a a do Mm. where he was, he was kind of maybe having a bit more of a loose tongue uh, and kind of, being a little bit more shooting from the hip. Um, and those comments, I think, were probably more pertinent than the ones that he made on on television yesterday. So uh, I think that if you're going to build your squad, you, as I said, you need to have some kind of radical element in there now about how you reinvent this at Manchester United. And let's be honest, Wayne's opinion wasn't particularly radical, was it? Like, like the take that you've got to get rid of Pogba, oh my God, that take's been going around for about four years from the same people who, who are now saying the same stuff all the way along? Now, you might have to get rid of Paul Pogba. But the question, the answer should be, who do you bring in? Who do, You know, if you get rid of Paul Pogba, what do you do? So no one's answering those questions. And I'm sure that we
0: will try and do that on our podcast in the weeks ahead. Absolutely. He did also say that uh, Ronaldo should leave as well, which given the connection that they did used to have on the pitch <laughs> at United, not so much of a surprise, but yeah. Yeah, you could tell he was he was maybe thinking, should I actually go and say this? I don't know what their relationship is like but, nowadays, but yeah, that that's we we've talked about that on this podcast, Rob, for the United to progress stylistically and you know, press from the front. You can't do that with Ronaldo and he's pointed that out too.
1: Yeah, and, and it's not actually about what Cristiano has been. It's about what Cristiano is now. So he's older, he's gonna pick up injuries, he's not gonna help you win a title. Just a, just a fact. These are facts. So I think you, if you kind of look at those factually, then great. When you look across the board at other players, yeah, I think there are there's some more subjectivity about players who are popular, not popular. So we just mentioned Mr. Pogba there. You know. Uh, all-time low popularity as, as a Man United uh, uh, player from Man United fans. It's just how it is. And he probably will leave the football club, but he will leave the football club for football reasons. He won't go to go and make more money elsewhere because he can make more money at Man United than anywhere at the moment. He's going to go somewhere where he can win. And and that's where we get left as fans, isn't it? Like we're we're with the football club through thick and thin and we want the club to win. But if we lose, we're still here. Players get the opportunity to leave and go and do it elsewhere.
0: Yeah, Wayne Rooney did also pick four, he named four players that United should actually build their team around. And he mentioned, uh, you know, some, okay, others, well, there's one particularly, maybe two actually, who were a little bit left field, but he mentioned uh, Jadon Sancho, who I think we all expect to eventually develop into the, the kind of player we expect him to. Jesse Lingard, he said, also also out of contract this summer, he said Jesse Lingard should be playing more because mm-hmm. he runs for the cause and this kind of stuff. Another player who runs for the cause, maybe... <laughs> Is this a criticism you can level in? Does he lack the technical ability? Scott McTominay could have been sent off at the weekend. I'm not sure what your take on that was, but, you know... Should have been sent off. He should have been cards. sent off. Yeah. Uh, we've we've seen that happen and red cards being given before for other players. And... Uh, Marcus Rashford as well. We'll talk about Marcus Rashford in a little bit more detail in a bit, but Scott McNair, that's what? Three academy players plus Jaden Sancho. Is that the right way to move forward? I think, again, the conversation has to be a little bit wider than that
1: because you cannot get rid of everyone in one go. It is, you know, one of the things that came out uh, in the last few days was about this three transfer window uh, idea from Ralph that, that it's going to take three transfer windows to do it. Well, it's been three transfer windows for the last three transfer windows and beyond every cycle for Man United. So with what uh, Wayne was saying there, let's look at them individually. I think Scott, McTomin- Scott McTominay, Scott you do retain him in your squad. Should he be your starting defensive midfielder or your starting midfielder in a four-free three? No, that's the first bit. Jesse Lingard, great year at West Ham last year, proved that a club with less, maybe ambition and less, uh, maybe turmoil than say Manchester United, can he go and do it and be a good player? Yes, he'll go somewhere next year. He'll be great. He'll be fine. Should he be your starting midfielder at Man United? No. Marcus Rashford, up until very recently, played injured for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for two years. Hurt a Man United boy, you know, an absolute icon in in British media now in terms of the stuff that he's done. Should Marcus Rashford be starting at the moment? No. So that you, you can only look at them and dial them back, Scott, to football reasons. Do you know what I mean? So for what Rain, Wayne said yesterday around it, really, it's, it's, it is really soft opinion. Because it's all very well saying, oh, they'll be better next year. Because that's what he was saying. He was kind of saying, oh, Marcus will be better next year. Will he? Why is Marcus be not better? Here? Why is yeah. well, Exactly. So does Marcus really want to be at Man United? And what we're hearing at the moment, that that is very much 50-50. You know, I think he will look at who the next coach will be. And if it's a coach that he likes or thinks that he can play under, he will stay. If it's a coach that maybe demands certain things from him that he doesn't want to do, let's say Ralph Ranić wants him to say, do the Gagan pressing and he doesn't do it, then his form collapses. What if the next coach does the same thing? That's the problem, isn't it? And I think he knows that. I think these players deep down inside know that their personal form is about them. It's about them putting, applying it on a football pitch. Even if you don't like the tactics, don't like the coach. It's about being a professional and doing your job, isn't it? And I will, I will keep banging that drum because I don't like all this future thinking. I'm saying, no, well, it will just be better next year because if you do that, Man United have been doing that forever. There's never any guarantee that it'll be better. Next never year. any guarantee. And do you know what? There's a billion footballers out there. Go and find some. Go and actually go and look in places that may be not popular. So that's why I mentioned Vieira. It's not a popular choice, but it's a good football choice if you're looking and digging down for it. Don't pick populism. Go and pick what you need. Sometimes you have to take your medicine. Go and find players that help you. If Marcus has to leave the football club, go to Barcelona. It will be a pat on the back from me. Cheers for your time, Marcus. You love Man United. You'll love Man United forever. We'll love you. But love doesn't pay the bills in football. Yeah, it's about being good on a football pitch. Go and get some footballers who are actually good on your football pitch.
0: Do you subscribe to the... I'm not sure if you saw Gary Neville's uh, podcast after the... I think he did a bit of commentary on it as well, hmm. saying that why is Marcus Rashford not starting this game? He should be starting. United don't aren't, aren't starting with a striker. They're playing Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes up top and this they haven't got any threat in behind. And then Rashford comes on they play a ball in behind and they win a corner and like, everything's amazing, you know? Uh, and Neville kind of doubled down on that on his podcast afterwards and said, "What's what must Marcus Rashford be thinking? He should be starting every game, but he's not playing well enough. No, and and it's the same situation that we had with Romelu Lukaku
1: when uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in. People are like, you've paid all this money for this this lad. <clears throat> yeah, he looks like he's putting a bit of weight, but why is he sat on your bench? Well, it's the same reason why he sat on Chelsea's bench now. It's because the manager looks at you in training and makes an informed decision on, on what you're doing, both technically and tactically, but also on your health, looking at the health report and about whether you can do certain things. And I think that's a big problem at Man United. There's a lot of players that can't do Ralph things. And I think that he falls into that bracket. Now, obviously, um, uh, Gary saying that about Marcus, it's again, it's an it's an obvious take. Like before the game, I'd said I expected Marcus and Jaden to start because they've had that two-week spell at United, at Carrington with the manager. Yeah, they had some time off, but they also had some very specific training sessions put on for them so they can go and be a part of this first team. And he didn't start. What does that tell you? Yeah, does that tell you that he should absolutely start because there's players out and not available? Or does that tell you that the manager's looking at it and going, not risking this player with my neck on the block? That's what managers do. You know, managers look at it that way. They, they put players out that they think can do the job. If Marcus could do the job, he would be starting. And he'd be starting every week. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation. The reason why we're having this conversation is that his form has completely collapsed. The reasons for that, you can debate to your blue in the face. But the absolute truth is, he's not very good at the moment. He came on, didn't he? He wasn't very good. You know a fantastic Might recovery tackle could have had a could
0: have fantastic had a recovery tackle
1: from the Langer, yeah, Lange. yeah for, to to kind of uh to, to stop the goal going in. And I think again, you see, if you hit the target there and it goes in, a, a great moment for Marcus Rashford. Those things can just trigger you back into form very very quickly. So that's why also I don't think you have to be you don't have to dig down too deep And this football isn't always complicated. Score a goal feel better. But I do think that using Marcus Rashford at the moment you're chasing the top four yeah, I'd have him on the bench. I don't think I'd start him at the moment. I wouldn't trust him to be able to give me what I need when we're talking about a high pressing style. Man United have forgotten to press, haven't they, Scott? They can't press anymore. They've just completely gone because they've realised that they can't do it for 90 minutes. So they've gone back to some kind of yeah. laboured 4 2 3 1, stagnant. We'll, we'll, we'll beat you in spells. We'll do it in 10 minute spells, but then we need 10 minutes off because you know what I mean? I need to go and just discuss what's useful a little bit. And then, oh, no, no, I'm back now. I'm back on That's how Man United are. They knock on and off. I think Marcus is part of that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely in agreement with you. To be honest, you said it. Some in a few minutes ago. It looks as though the new manager might have a big impact on which players stay and go. And Marcus Rashford is probably one of the primary examples of that. I mean, you look at, and we we mentioned it earlier in the show, the job that Mauricio Pochettino did in getting. Bad eggs out of Tottenham and bringing young players through or getting the best out of players. You think Marcus Rashford is probably one of the players that he would like to work with. Whereas, doesn't all seem rosy with Ranick at the club and if his influence brings in, because Eric Ten Hag, for example, and you look at Ten Hag and his style, and Rashford isn't an automatic fit. So perhaps it does seem that his future might hinge on that unless he pushes regardless. I do think that
1: if Pochettino comes to the football club, Marcus Rashford will sign a new contract. I think that will happen. Excuse me, because I think that Pochettino can utilise Marcus. Marcus will like working for him and all of that is very rosy. But as it stands, it's Ten Hag. Is Ten Hag going to look at what Marcus does well and think, yeah, that mitigates the stuff you do badly? No, I don't think so. I think that Ten Hag, like Guardiola at City, his system comes first and the players fit into the system. Now, Guardiola said before, that's not true. You have a player and then you work your system. That's not true either. You know, that's kind of playing the game a little bit. Ten Hag will come to May United and will want to implement a certain style of football. It will be a higher press. It will be more technical. It will be more tactical. And I think that's where Marcus falls down. He's been given a coach here that is highly technical, highly tactical, and it's all about work rate, and he's looked bad. Whereas under Ole, where he was a bit more freewheeling, had that bit more you know, could rest in between moments in matches. He was much more energetic. He had much more productivity. And that productivity has gone out the window with a tactical coach. Ten Hag is closer to Ranić than Pochettino is to Ranić. So that's a problem for Marcus. And I think Marcus understands that. I think the other side of this is, Scott. Marcus might be looking at a different kind of challenge now. I think if he gets a chance to go get to Liga, play for someone like Barcelona,
0: and it's on the table for him,
1: I think as it stands, he takes that opportunity.
0: He's certainly not the only one who will be considering their futures. I don't really think anybody is a massive guarantee to retain their place in the United squad next season. Maybe you look at the likes of jaden De Gea and obviously Bruno was uh, just renewed. Luke Shaw seems in line. Rashford might be in line, but obviously we Fred's, Fred's about to sign a new deal. Fred, Fred, Fred,
1: yeah. Fred's going to be offered a new deal. And, you know, he's earned that f- through application more than anything, you know, like he's, He's continued to work A a rarity
0: in this United squad, earning a contract through application.
1: Yeah, and you know, when we bought Fred, Fred was not bought to do what he's doing now. Fred was bought in to kind of be a more box-to-box style midfielder, someone who had some ability in the final third, who could help create in terms of um, giving you a few assists now and then, but actually link the play and play higher up the pitch. And I think we've seen this year that when he has played higher up the pitch, he's been all right, hasn't he? It's kind of old school Fred, the one you bought. But he's going to get his contract, he's the one who's kept his chin up and just kept working. And I think United appreciate that. But you just said there, who stays? You know, Bruno's got a new contract. He stays. Fred's we talked about there. He probably stays. I think De Gea will probably get a new deal because of his situation with the United board. He stays. After that, there's not many, is there? This kind of like if, if I'm a new coach coming in and I look at eight of these boys on the fringe and I go, I don't like them. I want them gone. I want to gone quickly. Do you know what I mean? So I think that, that Ten Hag will want a much more of a revolution approach to coming in a squad building than Pochettino. Pochettino will be the safer choice because he will retain more of the squad and try and motivate them into better form.
0: Is revolution better than evolution in this case?
1: Evolution in general is always better than revolution but sometimes you need a touch of revolution every now and then you need to look at it and go this does not work this system has failed we need to break the system that that does work that's a that's a lifelong adage in humanity yeah sometimes you do have to break it to fix it so i think we look at man united there is nothing about united as a football club that makes me think yeah maintain that bit pep that balloon up and that will be all right we'll get there in the end Nah. I think the youth system is really good at United. You want to maintain that, bring through the youth, get players through that system who've got value in that, in those terms that can help you win. But there's so many United players that do not help you win. And that's where the revolution has to come. You have to have a coach that's brave enough to come in and say, no United board, you got it wrong. So get rid of these players for me. And I want to buy these players. That's why I like Ralph Raniak. That's what Ralph Randick would have done. If he was the manager, he would have gone. And he's saying it, isn't he, this week, Scott? He said it in his presses. He would have gone to the United board and said, this lot work, this lot doesn't work, and this lot are stopping you from winning the title. So get rid of them and bring in this player from Europe, this player, this player, this player, this player, this player. We've got a football team again. And it can happen quite quickly. Like we talked three transfer windows. But if you get it right in transfer window one, it means transfer window two becomes easier. Means that you're building. That's what Arsenal have done, you know. So I'm not going to keep mentioning Arsenal every week, but mm. you do need, if you're a big football club and have ambitions, sometimes you need to break it to make it to get back to where you need to be. And, and I think that's where we are with Man United. Ten Hag has got a huge job. If he's just going to maintain this United squad, he'll be sacked in two years, and we'll be talking on this podcast about Ruud van Nistelrooy being the next Man United manager.
0: That was going to happen, isn't it?
1: <laughs> you just know it uh rob let's uh let's wrap up in the tea leaves in the tea leaves and this is the problem isn't it is that you, yeah. all of this is unfortunately way too predictable uh, wouldn't it be nice if in two years time we sat here going man united on the cusp of winning a title or back in the champions league you know best team in in england well it's gonna be a real hard push to get there isn't it
0: it's gonna be a real hard push to see if united can do that miraculous turnaround by this Saturday, they go, they go to Everton, who are absolutely bloody awful at the moment. And you can't even see them winning. And that's that's the kind of feeling at the moment. We'll, we'll talk about that on Friday, though, in a little bit more detail, I would imagine. I'm quite glad to play Everton. I don't want to kind of you know touch
1: wood here on my desk. I kind of think to myself that it's, it's a nice matchup for Man United in terms of Everton's own issues. But like you're saying there, Everton are fighting for their lives. So whenever you fight a relegation contender, weird stuff can happen. Uh, this Man United team needs to turn up, Scott. Turn up, do your job, and go home. This lot needs to do that more.
0: <laughs> Simple request, really. Simple, uh, we'll is it? We'll leave the show there. You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now you can watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays as well. So head over to the YouTube channel, hit like, subscribe, join the community, leave a comment, and the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. Uh, rob thank you and just another reminder you can follow us on twitter too at underscore Scott Saunders. for me rob is at underscore rob underscore b and for the show at promised land mu get in touch with us and we'll speak to you on friday thank you very much save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon